0: In
1: continuing uh, international news digest, uh, we had for the first time Uh, President-elect Donald Trump uh, meeting face-to-face with a world leader, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe traveling over to New York and uh, sitting down with Trump at Trump Tower. If you are familiar with the general political uh, and diplomatic protocol when it comes to world leaders meeting, this was a quite strange event. Uh, Apparently, Trump did not bring any of his uh, aides with him. Uh, He was not briefed on any issues regarding the relationship uh, uh, and Abe did uh, sit down with the president apparently if you saw one of the pictures that were leaked uh, with uh, Ivanka Trump also uh, present at the meeting but what does this mean actually for the future of US Japan relations their military alliance and how it affects uh, northeast asia where we are here in south korea giving us some of that analysis very pleased to have from the university of birmingham reader in asian studies dr julie gilson hello Good morning. Good evening. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, What did you make of this meeting? Apparently a lot of concerns over uh, what Trump has said in the past about military cost sharing and uh, issues of trade. Uh, Were there a lot of tensions coming into this meeting between Abe and Trump?
0: Yes, I I think there there were. And I think um, obviously Trump made a range of comments um, for the benefit of his domestic audience. Uh, during the election campaigning and we need to be very careful not to put too much store by by those in particular his foreign policy claims but it was clear from um the conversations in tokyo that there was major concern about the freeloading comments um, on the u.s security alliance and particularly about um comments that uh, japan should obtain its own nuclear weapons and i think um, abe took the opportunity to um, embrace trump's unconventional behavior to to meet him and i I think at least on that score um, to try and set assurances um, that uh, Japan has red lines, notably its nuclear weapons red line, um, but also to get a a feeling of where Trump was going. I think very little has been achieved by that meeting um, in terms of substantive policies because obviously we don't know what his team is going to look like and notably what his Asia team is going to look like. Um, but on a personal note, I think it is worth observing that Prime Minister Abe hasn't really been that close to Obama. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we have seen is uh, he's made major inroads in his relationships with uh, Narendra Modi, with former Australian PM Tony Abbott. He admires Putin, as clearly does Trump. And, um, you know, this notion that these nationalistic, strong conservative leaders have uh, these commonalities and affinities, I think, was what we probably need to underline from last night's meeting.
1: It's interesting because we do also have a a conservative, uh, some would say maybe nationalistic leader in South Korea as well who might have wanted to maybe uh, have a a face-to-face meeting with Donald Trump but obviously uh, dealing with some other political matters (laughs) right now (laughs) but – Overall, whether you're South Korea, whether you're Japan, uh, whether you're any nation in Northeast Asia, including, of course, uh, the looming uh, China uh, presence, there are a lot of uncertainties. Uh, Barack Obama's uh, Asia pivot. There's been, of course, mixed analysis as to how successful it's been uh, through its eight years we really don't know, right? There is just no way to gaze. If this was a conventional Republican like a Mitt Romney type coming in, we could sort of have educated uh, guesses as to how policy will take shape. But as you were pointing out, we're, re- we're really all in the dark right now.
0: Yeah, we are, I think. I mean, we, we can look at some of the claims made in reports by um, people like Peter Navarro, who's obviously um, Trump's close uh, Asia advisor. And his notion of uh, a potential U.S. naval build-up in the Western Pacific, which would obviously represent a challenge for China's growing presence there and that would potentially provide some reassurances, although other concerns to Japan and indeed South Korea. Um, but but again, he's not imposed, and we don't know what the rest of the team is, is actually going to look like. And I think we really need to be careful about jumping to too many conclusions. I would say on the pivot... I've had my doubts about what the pivot means even under Obama's mm-hmm. administration, um, but one might point to the core of that pivot being the Trans-Pacific Partnership, right. which I think uh, looks pretty much to be dead in the water um, in its form. Um, there's no way Obama will get it through before he leaves, and um, Abe's own economic policies were hinging on that to a large extent. I don't know what wriggle room there is there because Trump's, again, Trump's policy is is based on is based on its domestic ambition, um, and um, and it's it's pretty clear to me that the pivot it, we will probably not hear the term mm-hmm. from Trump's administration.
1: Great, uh, as as you point out, uh, probably much more focus on issues like immigration, uh, the economy, uh, and whatever his vision for that. Uh, to the extent it is over things like yeah. Northeast Asia policy, uh, is there a uh, sense though? You mentioned Abe and he wanting him wanting to lay down some uh, red lines and clearly kind of delineate uh, uh, what he wants uh, in this uh, bilateral relationship but isn't there a contingent of uh, a a more far-right nationalistic uh, sense in Japan that perhaps a more isolationist uh, United States although certainly precarious on in a security sense would further embolden them to be a bit more aggressive and upfront in terms of a an independent military and developing their own um, capabilities
0: yeah I think you raise a really interesting point there because What you've got are the tensions between needing uh, the continuation uh, in one form or another of that uh, U.S.-Japan alliance because of uh, the threat from China in particular. Um, But you're absolutely right that what we've seen in 2015-2016 is uh, Abe's attempt to push forward that hawkish nationalist rhetoric and indeed beyond rhetoric to push for a change in the actual constitution, the so-called peace constitution of Japan, and to look at forward deployment and look at Japan as um, a a normalized uh, military um, and country. I think, however, um, one shouldn't then read into that the desire for a a nuclearization of Japan. And I think that that's uh, at the moment, that's still a red line in both politics and the greater Japanese society. And I think um, one of the things that interests me, I think we, what we see in, J- in Trump's reading of Japan is, is a very 1980s uh, understanding of Japan. And I think what Trump's advisers will have to come to terms with and represent to him is where Japan sits today and how that sits in the precarious environment of a, of a, of a, a, growing, a growing China. Um, and it's also clear, you know, with the... Um, Japan remains the U.S.'s closest ally in the region. And as you saw last year, it's, it's agreed to increase its spending on the U.S. military by mm-hmm. 1.4% over the next five years. This is a significant amount of money that actually benefits the U.S. in the region. And there are U.S. Uh, strategic interests for retaining troops where they're already stationed. So I think you, you're absolutely right to say it's, it's fine for us to speculate at this point. But until the Trump administration has been staffed by people who've had a proper look at what at what its in, how its own interests are going to be served by maintaining that some form of that J- Japan-U.S. alliance, and by thinking about what the pivot might have meant. Um, I think there will be there will be scope, for example, to increase Japan's defence spending on U.S. military. But I don't think we're really going to get into territory of, of Japan becoming a nuclear power.
1: Right. Uh, again, it is. A bit scary, but also uh, uh, needless to say, uh, it's not going to be a boring uh, next few years. Uh, we wish we had more time to talk about this, uh, Dr. Gilson, but thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you
0: for having me. My pleasure.